most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane, 1106 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are something real. We want something exciting. Nine, nine, nine. I will never apologize for the greatness of the United States of America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because you know we're going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Mr. Connected Man in Washington. Hey, Herman, how you doing today? I'm great. What's new? Well, uh, two things uh, just coming in over the transom. First, we'll have another presidential veto in just about an hour's time. That'll make two this year, and that'll match all the veto numbers that the, this president had in his first uh, six years in office. The White House just sending out a little note to saying that uh, there will be a veto of a resolution of disapproval that was approved by both the House and Senate that would block a rule that was put out by the National Labor Relations Board dealing with union organization. That's something that had gotten through both the House and Senate. Some people might know a lot about it. Others might be unfamiliar with it. But that will be vetoed by the president at about noontime today. The other thing that's happening is that uh, a letter has just been sent by the Benghazi uh, Committee Chairman Trey Gowdy, the South Carolina Republican congressman, to Hillary Clinton's lawyer, in which they ask Hillary Clinton to show up for a formal interview. It would be a closed-door, on-the-record interview with Hillary Clinton about her email setup while she was Secretary of State. The reason I think that they'd want to do this, Herman, is they would like to sort of uh, know some of Hillary Clinton's answers before they hold a public hearing, so they don't have to uh, spend a lot of time probing and maybe going down dark alleys that take them nowhere in a public hearing, that they can get her on the record on some things and also try to see, you know, where they might ask other questions later when they have a public hearing. So the Benghazi committee has asked Clinton's lawyer to uh, have her come in by May the 1st to talk about her decision to have her own email server, not to have a, a government email, uh, to talk about whether she turned over, you know, what kind of records she gave after she left the State Department, you know, her decision to erase some of these emails from the email server, the methodology behind that, and the decision on that. So, again, this is an effort to, the, the one thing I think some people don't realize is we do have hearings up here where the, the official has been already sort of debriefed and questioned behind the scenes. And then that allows the lawmakers to be even more targeted in their questions. Usually that does not happen with big shots like Hillary Clinton, but we'll see whether or not she even agrees to do something like this or not. But even the closed-door sessions are on the record. Yeah, absolutely. That would be what they call a transcribed interview so that uh, later on they'd be able to release the actual Q&A from it. And both parties would be party to it. It just wouldn't be before television cameras. Can she refuse to appear? I would assume so, yeah. But that would raise a whole lot of other red flags. Well, sure would. I mean, you know, it's even legitimate for a witness in the Congress to, re, uh, to you know, and I, I'm always surprised that more people don't do this because they probably don't know the rules. You can actually um, object to TV cameras being in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. and, yeah. And, and radio coverage as well. And you can, by an objection from the, uh, from the witness, force all the television cameras out of the room. Uh, but nobody does that. 
Uh, maybe they don't know it's there or it's not used too often. Uh, but that would be something that would be available to her. But obviously, as you mentioned, it, that also raises questions. So the, the committee has asked her to submit to this formal, on-the-record, behind-closed-doors interview by May the 1st. I would assume if she runs out the time until May the 1st and doesn't respond, that soon after they would hold a public hearing. But, of course, I, I think they'd like uh, what they'd like to establish is they're trying to do all this stuff, and, and she's not helping, since obviously the deadline of today, they're not going to get her email server. Well... <laughs> the reason I'm hesitating is because we've seen this rodeo before. Yeah, and usually, um, again, I've covered this type of story before yeah. with her. And it's not that I'm trying to say I know what the outcome is, but I've seen this kind of thing before. Yep. And the, the Republicans have to think sort of about their strategy and about how they're going to deal with it. Because there is that possibility. I know I get messages from people all the time, oh, Trey Gowdy's going to eat her alive and the Republicans will eat her alive. You know, maybe that happens. But also, I've seen it not happen a number yeah. of times. And, you know, with it coming as well during the time, I would assume she's going to announce fairly soon that she is running for president. That puts a whole different light on the proceedings. Right. And, you know, she's no rookie. She didn't get here for nothing. Well, so, they, they, they know how to run out the clock or, yeah. run, you know, eat up some time, like sure. in basketball or whatever. They're, they're very good at that. So, so I don't uh, know. We'll see. But we'll, uh, we'll just stay at tuned some and we'll see. point, we're going to have a public showdown. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the question is, can you, can you keep a lid on that so as not to look like one side or the other is going too far? I mean, you know, there's always the possibility she makes a mistake, too. Right. But judging from the years of, of watching her and in these high-profile situations, I haven't really seen that yet. Uh, going back to the law that the president is going to veto, that's not the franchise or franchisee. Uh, rule that I don't think so. I, I think this is on um, changing some of the ways that you can organize unions and have votes uh, right. inside companies. Uh, this was uh, a resolution of disapproval that was pushed first in the Senate, approved there, and then approved in the House. Okay. It's a formal way that the Congress has to take a rulemaking that's been done by a federal agency and have a vote on it to basically you know, toss it out. And then, obviously, it can be vetoed by the president, and that would be the situation here. So, again, this would be a second veto from the president this year, the first one being the Keystone XL oil pipeline. Right. Now, in 2016, if you have a Republican president and a Republican-controlled Congress, they could still pass that if the Republican president was going to say Well, they could just, yeah. I mean, if they could if, reverse or, a lot or of they could just stack, they could uh, put their own people on the National Labor Relations Board and have them vote three to two to do away with a whole I bunch see. of stuff. I yes. See. I mean, you know, that's the thing that I, I look back at some of this and, and listen to a lot of the Republican voices who are not pleased with things that have been done, you know, if you get the White House, you can change all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, I know that for a lot of Republicans, so it's got to be just the right candidate in the White House. Well, you know what? You still, uh, to have all those levers of power, that means an awful, awful lot. I would agree. I would agree. What about the Iran talks? You know, it doesn't it sound like uh, we're not going to get much today? Yep. That it's going to be sort of like, well, we've agreed... We've got a political agreement on an outline, and we're going to keep talking for a few more months to try to fill in the details. I mean, I just don't sense, whereas a week ago, it sort of, I felt like, well, they're going to come up with something, and they'll have something there, and then we'll still negotiate a few things. Now it just sort of feels like that there's a lot of stuff that might be uh, un, unfinished, but we'll have to see what happens late tonight. I guess the, the deadline is really midnight over there in Europe, which would be evening news time here in D.C. on the East Coast. But it, it, I, I just i am not getting the sense that we're about to unveil some mammoth agreement between the West and the Iranian regime. No, I don't, I don't get that feeling at all either. Um, 
Uh, otherwise, they would have started to leak some of it. Um, yeah. Jen Psaki said earlier that, uh, you know, they're not going to accept a bad deal. Well, it doesn't sound like so far that they even have a deal to accept, bad or good. Yeah, and, and it just sounds like it's going to be sort of, oh, yeah, we've agreed overall, and now we got till the end of June to fill in the, the details. I mean, this March 31st deadline was sort of a deadline out of thin air anyway. And it didn't mean that you had to do it. So, yeah, at this point in time, uh, that's just sort of the read between the lines. But we'll have to see what the next few hours bring. And here again, we've been to this rodeo before with the Iranians. Uh, yes. Run out of time. Or let's with the North an, Koreans. Let yes, the North, let's set another two or three months that yep. gives them more time. And that's why I do think when the Congress comes back, Herman, you will see Republicans first in the House and then probably in the Senate try to move with additional economic sanctions to try to put some more right. heat on the Iranian regime. Obviously, the administration doesn't like that at this point in time. Right. What else do you have, Jamie? Uh, you know, looking at the the race for the White House, we had uh, uh, Marco Rubio yesterday confirm that he's going to announce something on April the 13th. I think a lot of people have an idea of exactly what he's going to announce down in Miami, that he will be a candidate for president. One week from today, Rand Paul will be announcing his future in Louisville. Uh, I got an email last night, uh, along with a lot of other people on his email list, but from former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, who said that uh, he's going to make a decision uh, be uh, this spring, so, you know, March, April, May, or into June. Yeah. Uh, and I see uh, Governor Christie of New Jersey is going to be, has uh, scheduled some things in April in New Hampshire. And so we keep moving, you know, further and further down the line. You know, we talked earlier about Hillary Clinton. There was a new uh, Quinnipiac University poll out today from a few of the of the key swing states of Florida, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. And I thought it was really interesting, even though Clinton's numbers have come down a little, but when you look at it, it, she's still right there. For example, it's sort of interesting that the way the race is seen differently in these different states. In Pennsylvania, uh, Rand Paul uh, would edge Clinton 45 to 44, and Rand Paul would do the best of any Republican in Pennsylvania. In Florida, Jeb Bush would do the best of any Republican against Hillary Clinton, beating her 45-42. And then she would win. Hillary Clinton would win against every one of those Republicans in uh, the Buckeye state of Ohio. So you're getting three different messages from three different swing states there. One thing definitely that uh, the Q poll found is that Clinton's favorability rating is down in each state, but she's still doing better than uh, most of the Republican contenders. Well, that just said that a lot of the Democrats who want to see her run uh, don't care about this whole email scandal, and they made up their mind a long time ago that they were going to support her to the hilt. Carly Fiorina. Did she show up in that poll because she said there's a 90% chance that she might run? Uh, let's see. I didn't. Uh, she might not have I didn't registered on the Richter her scale yet. number at this point in time. No, but yes, she is talking about running and a number of others. And so it looks like we're going to have a very deep field for the GOP side as we move forward. And one would have to think, you know, when you're watching Ted Cruz and then Rand Paul and Marco Rubio get in. You can't sit on the sidelines forever and let them raise money directly for their campaigns. I would assume others will start to really muscle their way in in coming months. It's not that long when you think about it. The first big right. formal GOP debate would be August 15th in yes. Ohio. You know, some people have been critical of the Republicans in that it was going to be such a big field. But then I got to thinking about it. You know, each of them will present their 
conservative views a little differently and it's a way for more people to hear the various conservative views yeah, so I, I don't, don't see it as a bad thing I, know, I never buy all this talk about oh you can't have yeah. a, a rough and tumble primary I mean think about it 2008 Hillary Clinton Barack Obama went for months that yeah. race was still going in June yeah it didn't exactly hurt him uh, you know so I, I don't know I, I don't really buy that I mean I, I understand that the party elders would like to have everybody get behind somebody and move on from there but you know, it, it, it certainly doesn't hurt to have your candidate tested, even by your own people. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. All right, see you, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Coming up, rapid fire. 877-310-2100. 